your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. So to start out tonight, uh, we've got... All kinds of stuff. But I want to start in the email box, just because they've been piling up, as they always do. And we got one of those emails that is from a new listener. Sort of one of those, I don't know, cover all the bases. I'm new. I have so many questions to ask about so many different topics. That's where I want to start. Okay. It's from Brandon. He says, Dear Ian, let me start by saying I'm new to the show, and I'm really liking it so far. I would have sent this to the general email, but it said I was more likely to get a response sending to an individual. Not only am I new to the show, but I'm fairly new to the ideas of the libertarian movement. I knew they were small government folks, but thought they were uber right wingers and kind of wrote them off. I get I get that too. Um, you know, when I'm talking to people for advertising purposes, uh, you'll often sort of the 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 thought out there is that. Um, Libertarians are ultra-conservative, and um, you know what I generally say to that is that they're both conservative and liberal. Um, you know, the, we're on both ends of the scale. If you want to look at it as a uh, linear scale, I prefer to look at it as a uh, qu- um, you know a graph sort of scale, and we're at the top. But people don't get that if they haven't seen the Nolan chart. So yeah, I, I often get that. I think a lot of people think that libertarians are ultra-right right wingers, and I, I wouldn't cons- consider myself that. Well, yeah, I, I wouldn't either, but I can understand where the misconception comes from, and that is that the conservatives, whatever that term means, the conservatives have been talking for a long time about smaller government, and that tends to be, if you encounter a libertarian party uh, activist or, or candidate, that tends to be what they talk about as well, small government. It's just that they, you think they might be a little more serious about it because they've gone and joined the Libertarian Party as opposed to the, the Republicans. So I could understand because the rhetoric sounds kind of similar. But at, at its core, Libertarianism has nothing to do with conservatism or liberalism or anything like that. It, and as you say, it, it takes chunks from both. But at its core, the philo- it, there's a philosophy here. It's not a political party. The Libertarian Party is just one wing of a much larger libertarian movement. Yeah. And the philosophy is very simple, and that is that libertarians don't believe in the initiation of force to achieve whatever it is you're looking to achieve. Uh, if you want people to give money to help the poor, we say, great, go out and raise it, but don't threaten people. Don't force people to give to your little project. Right. That's what li- libertarianism is all about, is about transitioning from the society we have today, where we have government coercing people into behaving in certain ways they may not wish to behave in, or to avoid certain behavior that they may wish to um, to actually engage in. Uh, we have the government coercively interacting with people, and libertarians say, stop it, that's enough. We don't want to be coerced anymore. We, we're big boys. We're adults. We can handle ourselves. We can interact on a voluntary basis. And that's how people 99% of the time interact with one another, with the exception of violent criminals and government people. Mm. And so that's all libertarians are saying is let's stop the violence. And really, that when you put it in those terms, it sounds kind of liberal. 
let's stop the violence. Sure, right? it's a it's a movement about peace and personal responsibility. That could sound very well. That, that could very easily sound like uh, when you use the word peace, sounds liberal. You know. Right. So if the first libertarian you ever meet or hear on the radio is just talking about making government smaller, I can totally understand why you would get confused and think that it's you know just a bunch of ultra right wingers. Because if you look at the liberta- so-called libertarian personalities on the radio, outside of Free Talk Live, mm-hmm. what do you have? Some, what, what, Neil Bortz? Neil Bortz. Okay, he's good on the drug war, but not so good on the war in Iraq. No. Um, he's, uh, uh, he's, as a matter of fact, I think that most of the uh, libertarians that are out there, that, that call, people that call themselves libertarians, are really just... Republicans, um, largely. That I mean, want a new kind of cool, hip term yeah, to apply I mean, to themselves. I, 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 I can't take Neil Bortz's uh, uh, libertarian label away from him, but, but on, uh, on foreign policy issues, he's closer to a Republican than he is to a libertarian. Yeah, well, then there's also, what, Glenn Beck? Glenn Beck. Um, there's never been a... He's, he's for smaller government, absolutely. Um, but, you know, when it comes to the drug war, doesn't seem to me like he's very libertarian. Mm-hmm. So I never. Fact, I remember when he said Glenn Beck said on the air when a guy called in and said he was a libertarian. He said, "You people scare me." Yeah, that's but, what he said. But then he goes and applies the label to himself. So it's understandable that people would be confused, which is one of the reasons why I, while I will take the label if someone asks me, "Are you a libertarian?" Okay, well, yeah, I, I am a libertarian. If you're using the liber the, the term libertarian in the classic definition of the word, just as I'm a classical liberal or a paleoconservative. I mean, if you want to get into terminology, you could label me all kinds of things. The but problem I, is that people don't know what the terminology means. And it's and and I think market's going to get more and more difficult with more of these talk show hosts and other media personalities jumping on the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Sniffing the, you know, sort of licking their finger, holding it up into the wind to figure out what's going on, what's hip out there. And right. they've, they've figured it out. We need a new shtick. Yeah. Well, the, nobody wants to be ripping off Rush Limbaugh for the rest of uh, the rest of Which their is lives. Really, all they're doing. Yeah. So if you can rip off Rush Limbaugh, but call yourself a libertarian, now you're something fresh and different, right? I guess that's the mentality. I don't know. But it, that's one of the reasons why I kind of shy away from labeling myself that way. If, if asked, I will describe myself as a free marketeer and a voluntarist, because I think those terms are the most accurate description of my belief system. Voluntarist meaning I believe in voluntary action, uh, voluntary interaction between individuals. Free marketeer meaning I believe in the free marketplace as opposed to the governmental art alternatives. And uh, believe in all the different things that can happen in the free market. It's hard to uh, it's hard to complain about that, isn't it? I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard to say that a person that believes in voluntary interactions is bad, and and often we get terms like radical used um, towards us. But mm-hmm. uh, radical, really? Peace, personal responsibility, voluntary interaction between um, individuals—that's radical. I'll tell you what's radical. Radicals using a gun and a bunch of guys in, in armored suits with helmets to enforce your will on people. It's radical to threaten your neighbors with violence, and that's what the government does. I don't like the does. term radical. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, uh, uh, some people do, and some people are in the movement because they're sort of um, have personalities that would drive them towards the fringe. Not me. So let me continue with his email. He says, I knew they were small government folks, but thought they were uber right wingers. I started listening to your show and liked what I was hearing, but wasn't sure if you were libertarian or not. After hearing some comments about the party being taken over by politicians, I suspect you folks don't really subscribe to that party. Well, at one time I was a libertarian party member, and technically I still am because I I bought the life membership and, you know, that 
it doesn't expire. Right. So. And, and why bother sending a letter saying, I'm out of here? It's still the best political party, but that's not saying very much. That's like saying it's the best cancer. But, uh, the, you know, they're doing okay work now, but it's not the same party it was when I joined it. And uh, and one of the reasons, the main reason uh, I got out was because I saw how ineffective they were. Mm-hmm. I saw the infighting that was going on. I saw nothing getting done. I saw a bunch of bickering and arguing and no real action. So now, that's your that was your mostly local um, libertarian party that was um, you know doing that and. Likely, it, what I hear across the nation is it's, it's like that a lot. Yeah, that's not uncommon. That and experience. I've heard, um, I've heard, you know, people from the inside and people from the outside say that uh, essentially libertarian, the libertarian party people, are just people that want to be bigwigs inside of a political party, mm. and you know they know that they're not going to go anywhere in the uh, Republican or Democrat party, so they're 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 playing make believe. That sounds about right. Uh, so that's that's sort of my short version of the story uh, as to why I'm no longer involved in the Libertarian Party. I saw this opportunity with the Free State Project where liberty-loving activists were getting together in the same place to actually get active for freedom. And I immediately, immediately I knew that that was going to be the key and that was what we were looking for because it just the Libertarian Party wasn't going anywhere. It had been around for decades and it really wasn't doing very much. Uh, and so the idea of gather, gathering together with others was very seductive and attractive, and sure enough, it really has been the best thing uh, for the movement, I think, for the libertarian movement, the Free State Project. We're getting stuff done here. Brandon has more questions, though, about this whole liberty thing and some issues as well, including the uh, <laughs> the FDA. Everyone loves the FDA. And speaking of government inspections, there's a story recently out of New York City. Everybody says, go, we need government to keep us safe. Well, a crane crashed recently in New York City, and we'll tell you what role the government played in that. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those, including live streaming. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both free for you. Uh, again, you can enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use the code FTL to save 10 bucks. That's LegalZoom.com. Back to the email box. Brandon emails in. With questions, he's new to this whole liberty thing, and a little on the confused side about what exactly a libertarian is anyway. Uh, inevitably, he... Is it animal, vegetable, or mineral? Well, he'd heard some things prior to coming across Free Talk Live, and now he's getting the real story about what libertarianism is all about. It's more than a political party, far, far more than a political party, and it is not. As many um, as many have incorrectly conceived, it is not a party full of ultra-right wingers. We are people that believe in liberty every issue, every time, in voluntary interaction between human beings, and that means all kinds of that. That means we take conservative positions on some issues, uh, like you know, gun control. The historical conservative position there is less control is good. Well, we want total gun freedom. Uh, we take liberal positions on some other issues, like the drug war. Uh, well, even the liberals take kind of a wishy-washy position on the drug war, but if someone heard our position on the drug war and that's all they heard, they would think we were ultra-left liberals because we want to re-legalize all drugs, including prescription drugs. So I can understand why people get mixed messages and why they get confused. 
You have to understand the basis, the philosophy behind the the movement, and that is voluntary a- interaction between individuals. Right. The little axiom that uh, they, they have you sign uh, when you join the Libertarian Party is, uh, I will not use... I will not use uh, force. I prefer aggression. I bet I will not use force to uh, achieve political or social gains. I will not initiate force, is what they say. It's true. And initiated force essentially is aggression. It's where you start it. Defensive force, on the other hand, that's okay by me. Anyway, he says this leads me to my question. I'm looking for some clarification on exactly what you envision for the government. I don't mean the general terms of liberty for all, but specifics on how it would work. From what I'm hearing on the show, I agree with many, if not all, of your ideas in principle. But the but if the impressions I'm getting are correct, I'm not sure it's feasible in reality. The impression that I get is that you want the government in a very small and purely reactionary police force to apprehend those who do harm to others. I also get the impression that you believe markets can handle everything else. Well, he he did email this with my name on it. It said, Dear Ian at the top. And right. he's new to the show, so I can understand maybe he just... Maybe I miscommunicated or something like that. I have no interest in having a coercive government around. Right. And we, the, the two of us have uh, different ideas as far as what the government might look like in the future. Um, you claim to be a, a voluntarist and, or a free marketeer, and, and you don't believe that the government should be around at all because it's a... Uh, Certainly not the authoritarian model of government that we have today. I think that perhaps... You know, if you want to hold on to the term government, because so many people seem to have a love affair with that term, uh, they believe that without government, <clears throat> government, you know, the world will crumble around us. And so if you, you know, if you insist on hanging on to that term, then let's change things from a authoritarian model of government to a voluntary model of government, a government that can't fund itself without your true consent, without you cutting a check to them and if you don't cut the check, they don't come and take a, take away your house from you. That's the kind of government that I'd like to see. How about that? And I, I, I hear you. How about a government that offers its products and services in the marketplace like all the rest of us do? Like all of us in the business world who are offering various different products and services, we can't force our customers to come and buy things from us. But the, but you but there certainly are many, many successful businesses out there that are providing people with the, the, the things they want. Precisely. And so those who argue in favor of government as we know it today will say, whoa, 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 without government we wouldn't be safe, or without government we wouldn't have education, or without government we wouldn't have roads, or fill in the blank. You know, whatever government service provides that they really feel is so important, they believe that it just wouldn't exist. And I say, well, if your precious government program is so wonderful and so valuable to society as you believe it is, and so many people apparently believe, then why shouldn't the government be providing its services on a voluntary basis? Why can't they uh, get money from people without threatening? Right. Whereas I would be, I call myself a libertarian Republican. Um, and, you know, I talk call, about confusing. Well, I wonder people are confused about what libertarians are. I, I understand. It is confusing. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think the Libertarian Party is, uh, is going to get anybody elected, at least on a national level, anytime soon. Um, I see my, uh, you know, b- beliefs somewhere in the the sort of vicinity of Ron Paul, who was uh, running for president this year. Um, and you know, I believe that the government should be very, very small. Um, it should handle situations where, you know, the police, the government is an institution of force, and the police are a uh, uh, an institution of force. So the government should handle the police. I believe the government should handle the roads through only uh, gasoline. Because they do such a great job. 
I'm not saying they do a good job. I'm saying that uh, <laughs> because you need to build roads with force sometimes, and that force being imminent domain. Nonsense. Imminent domain. Um, Just because you think it's always been that way right, doesn't am, mean it I, has been I that way. I think everybody knows what your opinion is. Or should be that way. I'm outlining what my opinion That's is. That's fine. I didn't snipe at yours when you were outlining yours. That's because you can't. Why can't I? I'm unassailable. Yeah, please. <laughs> I can talk about the ludicrousness of uh, no government in a particular arena to the point where you couldn't get any farther in your conversation. You would have to make points to every one of my points. I wasn't arguing for no government. I was arguing for a voluntary government. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> the um, If it's a voluntary government, it's not governing anything, my friend. So there you go. Now you're stuck. Oh, Mr. Dictionary. Um, now, uh, so anyway, I think that the uh, on a national level, um, I, I'm really not for uh, New Hampshire being part of the nation. I'm, I'm for secession. But I think that the government could probably uh, make some uh, argument for an army. I do believe that uh, the vast majority of, uh, of defense could be accomplished by a militia and that an army should only be called up, you know, uh, in an extreme emergency and only to defend the nation of New Hampshire. Now, you have to understand the reason why Mark holds his viewpoints is because he we've all been brought up in, in well, at least Mark, you and I have been brought up in a similar fashion. We were both raised in Republican households and taught these ideas about what government is supposed to do. And the reason Mark holds on to a lot of these ideas about what he thinks government should do is simply because he hasn't really been able to... Uh, to, to to let go of those ideas and embrace the the free marketplace. The idea, for instance, that the government needs to be there to provide people with a, a military force to keep them safe, just it doesn't jive with reality. Uh, you know, the fact is the government exists to protect the government. People believe that it will be there to save them, but all you have to do is look to Hurricane Katrina and the aftermath there to see how effective government is at keeping people safe. And that's not from a marauding force. That was from, you know, the after effects of a little bit of flooding, which, by the way, happened as a result of the Army Corps of Engineers botching up their job on the, uh, the le- levy system there. But that's another story. You know, I don't have any problem with, uh, once we get to small government, looking at uh, uh, solutions that are voluntary in those particular arenas. I just re- prefer to get to the smaller form of government, and I don't want to confuse people with things like, but what about the roads and the police force? There'll be anarchy in the streets. People will be running around with torches in their hands. <laughs> 800-259-9231. He continues uh, with Brandon's email. We'll get to that here and your calls as well at 800-259-9231. Something you want to add to this conversation? Something we've looked over? You want to chime in? By all means, you can also bring up whatever you want. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. It's time to pick a candidate, a serious candidate for president, and start moving forward. That candidate is George Phillies. This is George Phillies, Libertarian for President. I approved of this message, paid for by Phillies 2008. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got updates. Get signed up. We will clue you in whenever there's something you need to know about the show. Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. Sent out an update this afternoon. As a matter of fact, we've added Nick, our uh, sometime co-host on Tuesday nights uh, from Free Minds TV. He now has an entry on the About the Show page. You can see what Nick looked like when he was, what, about, I would say, seven, maybe? Oh, really? 
Yeah, so we get a little picture of little Nick there and uh, his bio. And, and you can see all of us at uh, young ages. We think it's, uh, yep. d- think it's just clever and funny to put old pictures up there and people want to see them. Right, and uh, you can also email Nick now at a Free Talk Live email address, nick at freetalklive.com. So all that's there, and you would have known first if you are on the updates list. So go to updates.freetalklive.com to get signed up. How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days? You can without permanently changing your diet. And... You can check out this amazing doctor-recommended cleanse. You can go to ftldiscount.com. There's some real testimonials there, and you can find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com. And I, uh, we have the sponsor of the show, uh, Jason Osborne from uh, Sickle CAI, has uh, been on this, and he's lost over 30 pounds. That's amazing. 1-800-259-9231. We continue with Brandon's email. He's kind of confused on the whole Liberty thing. Got has some questions for us, so we will indulge him here. He says, I agree with this in principle. He's talking about how the marketplace can handle. The, he was talking about the small, very, very small government concept, sort of the one you subscribe to, Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very, very limited government and then, you know, leaving the free market to handle everything else. He says, I agree with this in principle, but I'm unsure how well this would work in reality. It seems to hinge on an educated, informed, and willing populace. People have to know something's wrong, why it's wrong, and be willing to do something about it. This sounds well and good, but I just don't see this happening on the macro level. And I can understand your frustration, Brandon. And generally, I agree with what you're saying. It it absolutely would be very helpful to have the American people well-educated about liberty. If the American populace was well-educated about liberty, we wouldn't be in the situation we are in today. So that part I agree with. Education's critical. All right, information, informing, and uh, you know, cluing people in as to what's going on, very important in what we're doing. It's one of the reasons why this show's on the air, beyond to entertain you. Hopefully, we will enlighten you a little bit if you're new to this whole liberty thing. And uh, is this something that's going to be solved overnight? No. No, certainly not. Is it a daunting task? Yeah, it's challenging. No doubt about it. I mean, we've got 300 million people in this country, and most of them don't know you know, square one about liberty. Right, and so, they, they think that the government can solve their problems. They think the best way to get what they want uh, in life is to force other people to do the things that they want, whether it's to uh, feed the poor or stop the uh, the slaughter in the uh, uh, Difor region. Or yeah, but they don't even know they're forcing people to do it. They don't. They, there's a disconnect between. Uh, what yeah. they view government as and what it actually is. Right. They'll say, well, that's not force. Right. So we have a huge task in front of us. Whether we want to get to the true free marketplace that I advocate or this limited, uh, very limited government, either way, we've got a lot of educating to do. And it has to start somewhere. And he does say, he says that he doesn't see it happening on the macro level. Well, that's okay. Let's start in New Hampshire. That's kind of the purpose behind the Free State Project, is to bring the best activists in the country, and if not the world, the best liberty-loving activists, all to the same place. That's why we moved to New Hampshire a year and a half ago as part of the Free State Project. That's why we've got probably a 1,000 people going to be here in-state by the end of this year. Some might argue that there are already a 1,000, but I'll use the official numbers. We're going to have a 1,000 movers here by the end of this year, so that way we can concentrate on one place on setting one place free and thereby once again setting that light of liberty for the rest of the world to see, to look up to, to, uh, to dream about, to, to want to attain for themselves. Because if we can have liberty in New Hampshire, or if we can have liberty in Keene, New Hampshire, we can have liberty in one place 
We can show people that it really works. Right. That's, it's one of the arguments that I, a very intelligent friend of mine, she happens to be an attorney, um, you know, in, in hearing uh, me talk about uh, smaller government, much smaller than she's used to t- talking about as a Republican, um, she's like, has this ever been done anywhere? And then you're, you know, once, once that question gets asked, then you're sort of, you know, wallowing in this morass. The, the, the real answer is no. Wherever people with guns and power and money um, collect, they put together a government and tell the rest of us who don't have the guns, the money, and the power what to do. That's that's the real answer to that question. But you can point to, uh, you know, uh, post-colonial America, you know, post-revolutionary war America, and say, well, this little bit, this part here and that part there, but forget the slaves and, um, you know, well, you could also point. To don't real, look at the landowners. You can uh, you can talk you can about point to free market examples of where the free market works in areas where people typically think government sure, is necessary. Sure, that wasn't the question though. Yeah, the question was: Has there ever been any place that this has ever happened? No. And the the fact is, no, no, it, no, it really. hasn't. So that's what we're going that to do. That doesn't mean that it won't work. There was a time when there had never been a republic. There was a time when um, people didn't get to uh, make their own ways, uh, you know, by voting. It yeah. was just kings. Kings were ordained by God, and uh, therefore that's uh, you know just the way it is. Suck it up. Well, the fact is, we know that those kings weren't in fact ordained by God, and they were just people with weapons and money and power sure. forcing other people to do what they wanted. So those things changed, and as things have changed in the past, things will continue to change on into the future. And the purpose of what we're doing here with the Free State Project is to, is to encourage change in the direction we want to see it go, uh, to envision what we want for society and move in that direction. And we've already begun that process, and it's only going to gain momentum and snowball, and it doesn't require the consent it doesn't require the understanding. Consent's not the right word, but it doesn't require the, the understanding of everyone who's around. What it requires is enough people to make it happen. Right. I mean, do we currently have um, understanding for our political process with the people here in the United States? You mean the ones that can't name the vice president, don't yeah. know who their senators and representative are? Yep. I mean, the, the, are, are, do we have the consent and understanding of those people? I'd say we don't. No. So there are no, those people are a non-issue. They're going to just float around with the breeze and do whatever. You know, they're, they're just concerned about putting food on the table, you know, and enjoying the you know two right. hours that they have with their family in the evening before they have to go to work the next day. Right. They just believe the, the propaganda that democracy is, in fact, freedom. And they will believe the propaganda that, uh, that then... Uh, freedom is freedom. Freedom is freedom. Yeah. Uh, because, that's, because eventually, it, as our movement continues on into the future, and, and there are different prongs to the movement. There are those who are doing the political thing. There are those who are doing the market-based activism. Uh, as all of that continues on into the future, we will uh, just gain more and more legitimacy for ourselves because we have people in the media like Free Talk Live and Penn and & Teller and John Stossel and Drew Carey now is uh, is taking a, a public stand in favor of liberty. So we're seeing more and more uh, people coming out on the side of liberty. Uh, eventually this will become a popular movement and it will be very cool and hip to be part of it. And you can already see it starting where people like Glenn Beck or, or Neil Bortz are uh, they're they're grabbing the title libertarian for themselves. Well, not to mention that it's hip. just uh, it, it is huge among young people and especially young males. And I just kind of get the impression that young male uh, that males are more likely to think about uh, political stuff than than women. Certainly, it's not a, a blanket statement, but uh, it, it's hugely popular among young people. So you don't have to worry about educating everybody. Most people are just going to come along because that's what they perceive others are doing. So all we have to do is start a trend. 
and that's already in motion. He goes on. He says, I also wonder about things like a currency. How would this be controlled? Dear God, are you telling me... What's, what's the... Uh, Brandon. Brandon. Br- Brandon, do you think for a second, really... I mean, uh, ask yourself this question. Do you think that people won't figure out a way to get things exchanged from one person to the other without the government printing money out of thin air? I mean, that's what our money is. It's just a piece of paper. It and really, actually, it's printed by the Federal Reserve. Yeah, it's, it's printed by the Federal Reserve, which isn't a government organization. It's about as federal as Federal Express. Um, you know, they, they, they sell these they, – they're debt notes, essentially. The, uh, the government puts out these uh, treasury bills, and, and then uh, people buy them, and then, uh, you know, they, they, the federal, they get the money from the Federal Reserve as a result of this. And so they're essentially debt notes. But we had money long before we had governments uh, in this arena. Money is, well, things of value. Gold, silver, I, I don't know, um, some kind of uh, promissory note for a big uh, crate of bananas, whatever. 800-259-9231. The marketplace can handle money just like it can handle food. It can handle money very easily. Just like it can handle any product it's, or service. It's not even the best argument for government. More on the way. You can take control. Bring up whatever you want. Brandon has a couple more questions. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll free. 800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those. Unlike those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their websites. Ours is free. All the features we give to you for free at freetalklive.com. And if you like the show want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us at the Free Talk Live store. Buy all kinds of great Free Talk Live branded merchandise like T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and more. DVD Classic Archive collector sets, the lighter bottle opener combo, and even Free Marketeer logo merchandise that doesn't have our logo on it. Head over to store.freetalklive.com. Uh, we continue here. We're going to get into your phone calls in a moment. Just want to finish Brandon's email. He's cur- curious about this liberty thing and wondering how a few things might work without the government as we know it. All right. He says, well, what about regulation in the medical field as far as efficacy and safety? Something similar to what the FDA does or tries to do now. Well, the FDA doesn't really do so much to tries keep you to safe. do. And, um, you know, other than the FDA, what kind of regulation is there in the medical field? I guess you would really have to ask yourself that. So the government's yeah. really doing the FDA. Well, here's the answer. It's a very simple one. In the absence of the FDA left to the marketplace, there would be an unlimited, potentially unlimited amount of checks and balances in the medical field, as many as the marketplace was willing to uh, support. You would have various, you could have, uh, you know, competing protection agencies. You could have competing certification companies in the way that many products that are electrical in nature have the UL logo on them. Some of them have the ETL logo on them. Those are two different certifying organizations that both perform similar functions. Companies send their products to the certifiers to have them vetted and checked and if they meet their, the uh, the certifier's quality levels, their specifications, they get the stamp. They get the seal of approval. And uh, believe it or not, many companies won't sell products that don't have the UL or ETL logo stamped on Absolutely them. Absolutely true. Because they know inherently if they couldn't get the UL stamp, they're not safe enough to put on the shelves. Right. Walmart doesn't want to sell space heaters that aren't UL approved because Walmart doesn't want to have to pay when you sue them for your house burning now, down. Now, that doesn't mean you can't get your hands on some you know toaster that was manufactured in an uncertified facility in Pakistan 
in. But you're probably only going to be able to buy it from Big Lots or something like that. I, I, I doubt wanna, Big Lots would yeah. even accept it, quite honestly. I don't want to malign Big Lots, but you know, some corner store in the in the, in check the, out flea, the flea market. Yeah, check out the yeah. flea market if you want to uh, if you want to find a uh, space heater that'll burn your home down. Right. So, uh, so the same thing would go and on. And good with luck, by the way, uh, you know, uh, to suing the Bangladeshis that yeah. uh, manufactured it. Good luck finding the flea market guy too right. uh, to return the. Just item. a little advice, kids. Don't buy space heaters that don't have the UL label. Right. So, uh, and so, that's a private label, not one that the government manages to protect us with. Correct. Which is why it's trustworthy. The reason why the FDA isn't trustworthy, and they want you to believe it is. The reason why it isn't is because the people on the board of the FDA are members of the pharmaceutical companies. Sure. Th- th- these are the big boys. Um, they they stock them. Um, you know that board, and they're the ones that decide. Who gets to get into the arena of competition in this uh, in the medical field, and who doesn't? Right. So they're effectively and the FDA is responsible for all kinds of deaths every year because the FDA slows down the process um, of you know vetting new drugs. Uh, it slows down the process of people being able to get life-saving drugs. So they're they're limiting. Uh, the FDA is limiting competition, and anybody right. the that FDA knows, kills more people than it saves. Correct. Anybody that knows anything about the marketplace knows that competition is good. Competition is what keeps companies at the top of their game, always innovating, always tweaking, always bringing new innovative products and services to the marketplace. But what the FDA does is it slows everything down to a 19-year crawl. Where uh, that's how long it takes to get through the FDA, folks. Not to mention 19 the, years. Not to mention the hundreds of millions of dollars the companies have to spend in order to put their product through the. Uh, the rigmarole of That's testing. That's not a lie either. Right. Hundreds of millions of dollars. By the way, the FDA, again, because it is uh, captured by the industry, the FDA just allows the companies to do their own testing. It's not the FDA that's right. testing these things. Right. It's the companies that have to test them, and the FDA, perhaps they look over the results. Now, I, I'm not saying the FDA hasn't kept off the market perhaps a few drugs that could that that killed more people than that were acceptable because remember there's an acceptable amount of people that die during uh, you know d- from taking these drugs so therefore i would assume that a, uh, an acceptable amount of people die during testing it's it's okay that the uh, statin drugs for uh, people with uh, cholesterol problems and heart problems it's okay that some of them die that's all right as long as not too many die and that's what the fda says so yeah, I think that currently with uh, the Consumer Reports, uh, I think it's called the Drug Book. Mm-hmm. Uh, very simple. The you can book, look at yeah. these uh, with a pill book. You can look at this uh, book, and you can see what Consumer Reports has to say on different drugs. I think that that's far more valuable than what the FDA does, which is just allow a drug on the market and then say, um, you know, it's essentially tacitly saying to everyone, this, this is, is completely safe. safe. In fact, and, that answers your point about the Consumer Reports pill book, answers his next question. He says, the markets could work this out, but what would stop a company from selling a placebo as a real drug if everyone thinks it works? Well, checks and balances in the marketplace. The pill book. Consumer Reports is going to take a look at that thing and say, um... This is a sugar pill. Right. Or or they're not going to take a look at it. They're going to, um, you know, th- they'll say, look, this company wouldn't open up its science to us. Um, oh, yeah, that's you know, that's, true. That's really, that, that, that's how we check these things. This company wouldn't do it. Are you going to take a pill that, um, that you know, hasn't been checked out by uh, one of these vetting organizations right. that you trust? They wouldn't let us certify their fool. product. Yeah. I wouldn't want to take that pill. And uh, now, yeah. But, would, but. Would, would this require some more personal responsibility on your part? Yes. It absolutely would. Would it be safer? 
Yes, it absolutely would. Because the FDA Cheaper. currently says there's an acceptable amount of people that die that take this pill. It takes 19 years for, um, for it to get through the process. And only the, most, uh, the, the, the biggest, richest companies can uh, play in this field. And there's really only like five pharmaceutical companies out there. Wouldn't you want more uh, competition in this arena so that you're, get, you're getting uh, drugs that work faster? Competition's what makes the the marketplace work. It's what makes uh, people come out with new products. So uh, Brandon says he's downloaded a copy of The Market for Liberty but hasn't had a chance to listen to it yet. I think this particular hour of the show might be a good primer for you to enter into the world of The Market for Liberty because that's really going to be an eye-opener for you. Uh, you can download that, by the way. It's a free audio book, also available in PDF form at book.freekeen.com. Uh, we will continue with uh, his PS in a moment, but let's go to the phone calls and talk to Dylan in Oklahoma. Dylan, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Dylan. To the phones, to the fun, going once with Dylan in Oklahoma, going... Hello? Uh, it's Bill in Bill. Oklahoma. Okay. All righty. Yeah, it's Bill in Oklahoma. That's what threw me off. I'm sorry, guys. Um, uh, I was uh, trolling uh, message boards uh, today and uh, came across an interesting article posted by CNET. Apparently, the FBI has decided that uh, they're not catching enough people in... Of viewing, no, wait, wait, you, you cut out for a moment. They're not catching enough people what? Uh, in the act of viewing or um, trading child pornography. So they've decided themselves to uh, make it more easier for them to convict you simply having you click on a hyperlink. So you could be convicted um, by clicking on a hyperlink, for, for you know, one, uh, one would assume a child porn hyperlink? Right. What they've done now, they've basically gone the route of, uh, basically, it's borderline entrapment what it is. What they'll do is they'll set up a, a fake server uh, and entice people into clicking on a hyperlink that would, you know, click here to see some young child or, you know, whatever the, mm-hmm. the, the lure is. And then as soon as the person clicks on that link, that information of where the click originated from goes to the FBI servers and probably within a couple of days... The FBI comes knocking on your door and has you arrested. See, now this... Um, wow. Do you remember the story of... Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, the lead singer of The Who. Um, Pete Townshend. Pete Townshend in England. He uh, he had gotten in trouble for looking at child pornography. Well, in actuality, what he was doing, and, and it seems plausible, completely plausible to me, um, and, and this is what he claimed, is that... He was looking to see how easy it is to find child pornography on the Internet. Now, I'm kind of interested in this particular question. I don't know. I've never seen child porn or anything that I know to be child porn on the Internet. Um, how easy is it to find? Are they just created this, have they just created this boogeyman that uh, tells us that child porn's out there and the pornography, they're, they're all over the place on the Internet? Because I've never seen it. Here's my question well, for you. But I'd be scared to go looking simply because they might come after me. Bill, I, I have a question for you. Uh, sure. the, the, the link that they're giving people, I presume they're giving it to people in chat rooms after they've chatted them up and said, hey, I've got some pics, you know, you want to take a look? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Then MySpace, give... Facebook. Do, uh, does the link actually lead to a picture of child pornography? No. No. It's uh, basically, it's... Uh... Dummy, it's a dummy site. It's a dummy website that uh, is controlled by the government. There's nothing illegal on the site. Huh. So what does a person do, see when they click on the link? They, they'll see an ordinary website. You know, just it could be about anything. It could be, you know, they could disguise it to be, you know, um, automotive website. 
or it could be about computing or, you know, whatever. So then what you're saying is, and I want to bring you around for a little more discussion on this. Sure. What you're saying is, hang on, you're saying that people that are clicking on this link are getting busted because they intended to view a picture of child porn, but there really wasn't a picture there for them to view. We'll clarify this in moments. 800-259-9231. Thought crimes. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up anything as we launch an hour number two of the program. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We go back into the phone calls here. Bill in Oklahoma listening online. Bill, you're back on Free Talk Live. You brought up a topic at the very end of the last hour that... I found pretty disturbing and uh, went and dug around a little bit during the break and found the article you were referring to. What's going on is the FBI is entrapping people into clicking into a link, clicking on a link that promises them some sort, some form of child pornography. And just for clicking on the link, the, the people that do that will get their homes raided. And Bill, I just wanted to give you the chance to, to say what you had to say and comment on the story before we dig into the details. Well, my, my thoughts is, is this, you know, um, while I find it deplorable that they have to go this route to try to get people, uh, you know, to, to patent their wallets, so to speak, I find it humorous that what's going to end up happening is this is all going to end up backfiring, because who is it to say that that a hacker, quote, quote unquote, uh, gets a hold of the, a link of one of the sites and starts testing? around to just people indiscriminately mm. and just have people just click on it just for you know just for the grins of it yeah. you know like say like you know i hit up mark on an instant messenger and say hey mark uh god i've got uh, i've got uh, some uh you know i don't know what he pictures thinking, of my you know. sister and then in her bikini yeah well, no i mean it doesn't even have to be that it no it doesn't have to it could be completely harmless like it could be like you know my band's website yeah you click on the link and boom you've just hit an fbi trap oh and, man and, I guess I was assuming that your you. I was assuming your sister was over the age of eighteen. I see what you're saying. <laughs> you're funny, no. Uh, <laughs> I, my sister's well over eighteen, actually. But and I, I got any pictures I, of her I, in a bikini? I, I you know, <laughs> you know, I've seen her, and trust me, it's not something you'd want to envision. Okay. Well, I appreciate yeah, you sparing me from that, then. Bill, it's, yeah, exactly. a, it's a great but, point, the idea that someone that wanted to cause a bit of trouble could just go and have someone click on, someone they didn't like, click on this link for whatever reason, and then the FBI shows up at their door, you know, two days later. That is really disturbing, and I'm, I'm really glad you brought this to our attention. Thank you for the call tonight, sir. 800-259-9231, if you want to comment on this, it is really disturbing. Let me get into the story from Declan McCullough at CNET.com, the iconoclast. I've had a chance to meet Declan, by the way. Did you? Nice guy. He came to the, I think he was at the last two Liberty Forums I, here in New Hampshire. How come I to see him? I don't know. Anyway, uh, he says the well, FBI out, buddy. has recently adopted a novel investigative technique, posting hyperlinks that purport to be illegal videos of minors having sex, then raiding the homes of anyone willing to click on them. Undercover FBI agents use this hyperlink enhancement technique, which directed Internet users to a clandestine government server, to stage armed raids of homes in Pennsylvania, New York, and Nevada last year. Now, 
do you think they're raiding these people's homes with guns pointed just because they get off on that mark? Because how many times has somebody who's been clicking on child pornography actually shot back at the cops coming after them? It doesn't seem very likely. I mean, those those aren't the sort of uh, people that. Uh you know, keep automatic weapons, I wouldn't think. Right. These aren't professional criminals. Not, you know, nine times out of ten, they're doctors and lawyers and businessmen or some guy sitting in a trailer. I mean, they're just regular people that have kind of a sick fetish, and they're certainly not professional criminals like maybe you could argue. You could argue that a drug dealer might be armed and dangerous. Mm-hmm. But even, you know, many of those guys aren't that dangerous. Uh, certainly not the lower-level ones. The supposed video files, by the way, were actually just gibberish and contained no illegal images. So when the individual clicked on the FBI's link, it led them to just nonsense. You didn't actually get a piece of child pornography. So you never were actually able to view any child pornography if you clicked on the FBI's link. Well, what but the they, fact is you intended to view what, what they you believe for is probable cause. They didn't convict the person for clicking on this link. Want to bet? Go ahead. A CNETnews.com review of legal documents shows that courts have approved of this technique, even though it raises questions about entrapment, the problems of identifying who's using an open wireless connection, and whether anyone who clicks on an FBI link that contains no child pornography should automatically be subject to a dawn raid by federal police. The case in question, or at least one of them, the one we know about, there apparently have been more than this, but Roderick Vosberg, a doctoral student at Temple University who also taught history at uh, Lasey University, was raided at home in February of last year after he allegedly clicked on the FBI's hyperlink. Federal agents knocked on the door at around 7 a.m., falsely claiming they wanted to talk to Vosberg about his car. Once he opened the door, they threw him to the ground outside his house and handcuffed him. Vosberg was charged with violating federal law, which criminalizes attempts to download child pornography with up to 10 years in prison. Last November, a jury found Vosberg guilty on that count, and a sentencing hearing is scheduled for April 22nd, at which point Vosberg could face three to four years in federal prison. You know, I can kind of see, I can see using this uh, this link clicking technique as probable cause to search the person for, um, you know, child porn. I can see that. I can't see charging them with anything for clicking on this link. Uh, they could have, uh, you know, mice are funny. You know, sometimes you uh, it'll accidentally click on a link you didn't want to. How often have you been on a website and something pops up where, you know, you, you were trying to click someplace else? Or, well, you just be careful, Mark, or you might get charged with an attempt to download child pornography. It's kind of like a conspiracy charge when it comes to drug dealing, for instance. Nobody actually dealt any drugs, but they were thinking about it. They were talking about it. And so, therefore, that's good enough. The feds are going to put him in a jail cell. And all of the rest of us that pay taxes, well, I don't pay federal taxes, but the rest of you who pay federal taxes are going to be uh, you know, forced to pay to keep that person in a jail cell. And now this guy, this college professor, is he's, now... He's a doctoral student. Oh, excuse me. Said he taught history. Well, doctoral students do teach. My apologies. Anyway, a guy who taught history at a uh, college is now going to be plucked out of his uh, professional career in order to spend four, three to four years at uh, Club Fed on taxpayers' dime. And uh, let's see. Let me continue here because the disturbing news continues. The implications of the FBI's hyperlink enticement technique are sweeping. Using the same logic and legal arguments, federal agents could send unsolicited email messages to millions of Americans advertising illegal narcotics or child pornography and raid people who click on the links embedded in the spam messages. The Bureau could register the unlawfulimages.com domain name and prosecute intentional visitors, and so on. 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking during uh, the news break is this is going to set precedent. The idea that someone who's looking for something that's been dubbed illegal, in this case child pornography, simply the act of looking for it is now illegal. Well, wouldn't that also mean that you could also criminalize someone who is looking to buy a bag of marijuana or looking to learn more about drugs or, uh, you know, acquire some information that the government doesn't want them to acquire? What if, you know, click here to buy an eighth ball, you know, eight ball of marijuana or something, or excuse me, eight ball of cocaine, and they click that link and uh, that's, that's reason enough to raid their house because they're a drug user. They're looking to buy marijuana, looking to buy drugs. That hmm. could be, that could be next. And you were saying during the the break as well, Mark. This is the this is the foot in the door for the government, right? This this is it's, it's not barely even the foot. It's more than the foot in the door in the sense that they will use child porn to regulate the internet. They want to regulate the internet. They want it so badly. They do not like the idea of us uh, little plebes running around getting all the information we want and talking. You know, using freedom of speech to uh, to to speak to whomever we wish. They hate it. They hate the fact that they can't tax it, and this is what they're going to use. Child porn is what they're going to use to lock up the Internet. And it also begins a very disturbing world that, I mean, they've already taken steps down this road of thought crimes, criminalizing ideas, criminalizing intentions. Uh, This continues down that path, and who knows where they're going to end up. I didn't predict this was going to happen. I mean, this was... This is craziness. Yeah, this, the, this is bizarre. Clicking a link leads to an FBI raid? Clicking a link leads to three to four years in prison? I don't care what you think about child pornography, and I'm pretty sure that the vast supermajority of people find it very disturbing. Sure, I but find one child thing porn is for important. sure. One thing is for sure. The people looking at child pornography have not harmed anyone. There is no victim to that crime. Just as there's no victim to someone smoking marijuana, just as there's no victim to someone gambling, this is another victimless crime. It's very hard to defend it because it's so icky. Well, you know, at the, the very least, there should be, uh, you know, child porn should have been committed. The uh, the viewing of child porn should have been committed, um, and you know, the, the person now should it's have the done thinking it. About now it. it's the clicking on a link. It's the intention. That's the crime now. There's more to the story. We'll share that with you. Also, you can take control. Bring up whatever you want. What is the next step in the world of criminalizing thought in this so-called land of the free? This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The feature's there for free, so enjoy those on us, including the wiki. Get interactive with over 1,500 pages created by listeners just like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com, see what it's all about, and edit to your heart's content. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. That's wiki, W-I-K-I, dot freetalklive.com. Do you want to pay higher prices for goods and services? No. Well, you do. Every time someone doesn't pay their bills. That's one of the many compelling reasons SACL CAI has been at the cornerstone of collections for more than 35 years. Before you pay higher prices, think whether the business, be it bank, hospital, retail, store, or utility, could use some help with their collections to contain costs so they're not passed on to you. Tell them to call the dedicated collections experts at SACL CAI for a no-cost, no-obligation proposal. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231. Talking about a very disturbing story. Declan McCullough at news.com. 
is reporting it on his blog, The Iconoclast. Apparently, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, for quite a while now, has been engaging in what they call a hyperlink enticement technique. Where basically what they do is they go and, you know, they chat people up or they go to some internet forums or wherever it is they go on the internet to find people that they believe are interested in downloading child pornography. And then they provide them with a link with what they claim to what they claim is going to be a video of some sort of child pornographic act. They entice that person to click on the link by giving it to them and saying, hey, look, here's some kids having sex. Isn't that great? And uh, so they click on the link and that's it. That's it. That's all. That's all that's necessary. Uh, the, the one guy that the, the story is talking about here clicked the link, and then two days later, the FBI was at his front door at 7 in the morning. They threw him to the ground and handcuffed him. He's uh, charged with violating federal law, which criminalizes attempts to download child pornography. It didn't matter if he had the images or not. It didn't matter if there was a video file on his computer. The idea that he was interested in downloading it was enough to convict him. The jury found him guilty. He's going to sentencing in April. Facing up to four years in federal prison. You know, I, I have a problem. I, I have problems with our uh, jury system when this is the kind of thing that they do. Um, is they'll convict people. You know, they they, they seem to be very ready to convict. Um, I've li- clicked on things on the internet by accident. Sometimes your mouse is malfunctioning. You know, that kind of thing. This guy may or may not have been interested in seeing child porn. I don't know, but it. You know, I really question these juries. In a telephone conversation uh, recently, his attorney said that the evidence was insufficient for a reasonable jury to find that Mr. Vosberg specifically intended to download child pornography, a necessary element of any attempt offense. Of course, the jury did find him guilty. She's saying that after the He's fact. He's claiming that it's not, a, that it's not a, a reasonable jury. Uh, she also said that I thought it was scary that they could do this. The whole idea the FBI can put a honeypot out there to attract people is kind of sad. It seems to me they brought a lot of cases without having to stoop to this. She didn't want to be interviewed more extensively about the case due to it being pending. Uh, she says she's waiting for the judge to rule on her motion unless he agrees with her and overturns the jury verdict. The man who, by the way, has no prior criminal record will then be required to register as a sex offender for 15 years and will effectively be barred from continuing his work as a college instructor after his prison sentence ends. So this man, presuming the sentence goes through in April, will have his entire career and life I don't see why ruined. it wouldn't. He's been found guilty. Well, there's a chance the judge could overturn it, apparently. Could have his entire career... Judges do not like to go against juries. ...absolutely ruined by this uh, hyperlink sting. And apparently the way it worked, and he goes into the details, basically he posted some links to some alleged child pornographic videos uh, involving a, a four-year-old, apparently. And they've actually got the, they've actually got the, um, the text of the message that he posted. And you have to wonder about the, the agents that are doing this kind of work. I'm wondering if I should read... I'm going to read part of this. This is what the the agent posted on this internet forum to try to entice people. Here is one of my faves. Four-year-old with dad. Toddler, some oral, some anal. Super cute. Haven't seen her on the board before. If anyone has any more, please post. And then they post a link, you know, several links to uh, different videos, allegedly, including this this four-year-old. You have to wonder about somebody that's able to just kind of pose in that fashion, to pose as though they're one of the child porn consumers and 
How do you sleep with, I mean, how do you sleep at night? Seems like a really gross profession to be involved in. I mean, these are the things you're thinking about at work. I mean, if it's, if it's the thoughts that are criminal, isn't thinking about child porn and four-year-olds and their dads, isn't that as bad as thinking about clicking on the link to try to download? I mean, why is it that they're so immune? It's just because they're the, the cops, right? They can look at the porn. They can have the porn as evidence. In fact, uh, we've, heard, uh, we've heard allegations that the government has the biggest collection of child pornography in America. because well, they, What else will they have? They hold on to the evidence. So you might want to ask yourself what kind of cops would get involved in this particular venue. Anyway, so they posted all these links, and then when individuals clicked on the links, they would take the IP address, they would contact the uh, Internet service provider in question, find out whose name was on the account. Now remember, uh, if you've got a household with multiple people in it, only one name is going to be on that Internet bill. Right. So there's not really any real way to know for sure who clicked that link. And not to mention that if uh, – I would say that most people that have – an amount of people that have wireless Internet connections, you know, have open ones that you can get on, I, you know, right you, on my street. They're right yeah. there. It, <laughs> how many people could go to jail for what I look at, looked at on the Internet? Uh, you know, not that I would know where to find anything like this or be interested in looking at it if I could. You'd think that'd be a good defense, though. The wireless internet. I thing am that, kind of curious, though, how easy it is it to find child porn. Now, this isn't something I have any interest in. I'd much rather. Well, look yeah, at, if you go and f- try to find out, you might get caught in this little uh, trap. Right, but but I am interested in knowing, just for my own personal, uh, you know, investigative uh, purposes, is how easy is it? Is it as easy as they claim? Because I would rather look at cars, pictures of cars on eBay, but somebody would rather look at child porn. Is it easy for them? Well, or, you know, is this just a boogeyman the government's created? I, I couldn't tell you that, Mark, but uh, what if somebody sent you an email into your email box and said, here, here's how easy it is, I'll send you a pic. No, thanks. Does that make you a criminal because someone sent you a, a, an email? Is that what they're going to do next? Is they're just going to send emails to people with a you know naked picture of a little boy in it and say, oh, well, you got an email in your inbox, you're a criminal. I mean, that, that's how ludicrous all of this is. Anyway, so you would think that that excuse about the wireless... Uh, the Wi-Fi being open to anyone, that that would be a good one, right? Like, uh, it, hey, it seems pretty pretty legit to me. How'd you know it was me? Well, while it might seem that merely clicking on a link wouldn't be enough to justify a search warrant, courts have ruled otherwise. On March 6th, U.S. District Judge Roger Hunt in Nevada agreed with a magistrate judge that the hyperlink sting operation constituted sufficient probable cause to justify giving the FBI its search warrant. The defendant in that case, Travis Carter, suggested now, that... that's something different to me, getting a on, search warrant finished. based on it hold on a second, suggested that any of the neighbors could be using his wireless network. That was his defense. He said, well, wait a minute. How do you know it was me? There's no evidence that shows it was me. It was just my IP address. It could have been my kid. It could have been my next-door neighbor. But the magistrate judge ruled that even the possibilities of spoofing or other users of an open Wi-Fi connection would not have negated a substantial basis for concluding there was probable cause to believe the evidence of child pornography would be found on the premises to be searched. Translated, says Declan, that means the search warrant was valid. So, that excuse, no good. If your name's on the internet connection and you click on one of these links, look out. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. 
Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Anything goes if you make the call. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. That, by the way, was the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there are completely free, so enjoy those, including the archives. Grab them up. They're free. An entire year's worth of the show, front page of the website for your downloading convenience at freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 9th through the 15th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to learn how Free State Project early movers are already making a difference and see firsthand why New Hampshire is one of the country's best places to live. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Continuing more detail uh, on this disturbing case, one apparently of many that the FBI has been involved in over the last year or so, where they've been going on to forums and probably chat rooms on the Internet trying to, some people would say entrap. I think that's a pretty accurate term, though the FBI denies this is entrapment. Uh, What they're doing is they're posting... entrapment's illegal. Right. What they're doing is they're posting links to alleged child pornography. They're saying, hey, click here to see a four-year-old and his dad. Uh, And uh, someone will click on it, and there won't actually be any child porn at the link. They click on the link, and then a couple days later, the FBI shows up at their house with a warrant. And even if they don't find anything on the warrant, they can still arrest the person based on the fact that they clicked the link, based on the, uh, the intention to download what they believed was going to be child pornography. Doesn't matter if it wasn't actually a a child, in the same way that if you're talking to a 13-year-old girl online and uh, you set up a meeting with her, it doesn't matter if you were actually going to have... It doesn't matter whether or not you were actually going to have sex with the teenager. It doesn't matter if the person was actually a teenager. It was your intention that's criminalized now. So it's very, very dangerous world out there on the Internet thanks to these government people. doesn't matter if you were just exploring now. It doesn't matter if you were just doing research. doesn't matter if you were just having fun. Now you could go to jail for years and years as a result of what you were thinking, not what you actually did. Well, what they assume you were thinking, they, and they assume the worst. Right, and they also assume it was you. As we just went over, the uh, the last point we made was that the federal government people have, re- the judges have rejected the defense that, hey, this is an open Wi-Fi connection. It could have been my next door neighbor. We could scan the Wi-Fi connections right now where we're sitting here, Mark, and we could log on to one of the neighbor's houses. We could go and click this link that they have, presuming we knew where to go and get it. We could click that link, and then the neighbor would have their house raided, and they would be charged. And there would be, I mean, if you don't like somebody, get on their wireless internet account and go click this this FBI link. Because then their their whole life will be turned upside down and ruined by these federal government goons that are supposedly protecting us all from child pornography. Well, no, what they're doing is they're putting us into a very disturbing and sick police state where thoughts have been criminalized. And I would love to hear from you at 800-259-9231 on how you feel about this particular case. Claims of entrapments have been made in similar cases, according to a a professor at George Washington University. The individuals who chose to log into the FBI sites appear to have had no pressure put upon them by the government. It's doubtful the individuals could claim the government made them do something they weren't predisposed to doing or that the government overreached. 
He said the outcome might be different if the FBI had tried to encourage people to click on the link by including misleading statements suggesting the videos were legal or approved. So because they said this is child porn, this is a four-year-old, then therefore it's not entrapment. That's what they're saying. But the real issue for me is the idea that a thought is illegal. And I also think that as disturbing and as uh, sick as it might be, these people should be defended. Their freedom to look at sick, disturbing stuff should be defended because as soon as you criminalize one type of sick picture, then it's not a far leap to criminalizing other ones. We've already seen the FBI... Well, I'm, I'm not sure that I, uh, I, I, I... Matter of fact, I do not agree that it should be legal to look at child porn. Who's no. the victim? Well, the child who got the picture taken. How are they them. being victimized by someone looking at their picture? That's the, that person's creating demand for that picture. Look, that, that is not the same as actually victimizing someone. There was no victim in the looking at that photo. Well, what if they paid for it? I really, it's none of my business what they do. So it's okay if they pay for it? I don't give a damn what they do with their money. What it's if, their life. What if I create a demand uh, with you, say, I say, Ian, I'll give you $10,000 to kill some public official. Now, you go out and do it. Am I party to conspiring to commit murder? <sighs> I suppose you probably would be. There you go. In that particular case. But so, then someone's actually... Someone but but I, I do agree with you that someone should actually look at child porn and that there should be an actual child there. Now, the problem um, with this whole thing is is that, well, you know, they, the Internet's gotten so advanced and, uh, you know, playing with photography is so advanced is they can... They can take kids that uh, aren't doing things and pop their heads on in other places and uh, draw pictures and or write books. I mean, at what point does child porn become child porn? Well, that's the problem, Mark. If you want to criminalize one type of photo that you find disturbing, then inevitably someone's going to take it to the next step. And that's what they're already doing. They're already saying, they're already changing the definitions to say that child porn no longer actually has to include a real person. Child porn can be child porn if it's a drawing of a child, if it's uh, you know a painting, if it's a 3D representation of a child. Well, I would agree with you that there needs to be a victim. Um, we might disagree on where that victimhood starts, but there needs to be a child who's been exploited here, and in, in none of these cases that we've talked about is there. Because once you criminalize those pictures, they, they will just expand the category. Remember, Mark... Uh, I think it was last year that we read stories about the uh, the federal government actually the, – the federal government had actually uh, been involved in shutting down legitimate pornographers, people that weren't even involved in child porn. We're talking about people that were doing what they were described as extreme pornography. Some of this extreme pornography could involve uh, – you know, bestiality or abuse, you know, violence, rape fantasy, uh, really sick stuff that very few, very few people are interested in, which is why the federal government's going after them, because they understand it's a niche in the world of pornography and that very few of the people in the world of pornography are going to stand up for the, the niche so they can go after these producers of this extreme pornography with little fanfare and uh, put these people in jail, shut down their operations. So, child pornography is illegal, now let's make uh, extreme porn illegal. Porn where the woman is being abused. Now remember, she consented. She consented to get into that film and uh, appear to be abused, or maybe actually be abused. There are people that are into that stuff. 
You know, they're into a little violence with their sex. But let's just say that somebody in government decides that's, no, 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 we can't, we can't have that in America. That's not right. That's abusive towards women. We don't want to encourage people to be abusive towards women. And then they'll criminalize that. And then going and clicking on some extreme porn will, be, will become illegal. I don't see a slippery slope here. Okay, I see a victim or not a victim when it comes to child porn, and to me, it's relatively clear. None of you know in this particular case, there has been no child porn, and I don't think that you should. Uh, you I don't see why you don't see a slippery slope. It's already happening. They're already going after the extreme purveyors of, uh, of right, pornography. Right, right. I see what you're saying. That is some. That's an issue that's entirely different. You're talking about consenting adults there. Mm-hmm. If if somebody wants to do violent porn, I don't know why anybody would want to see it. I certainly do not. But um, why? You know, that that's fine with me. As long as it's fake, they do violent movies. I don't see why we can't have violent porn. However, that's an, a completely different issue as far as I'm concerned. Let's go to the phone calls. Talk to Christian in California. You're on Free Talk Live, listening on KCAA. Hello, Christian. Hello, Christian, California. Going once, Christian in California. Uh, Hello? There he is. Yeah, are you there? Yes, sir. What's on your mind tonight? Okay. I uh, just wanted to comment real quick on what you're talking about presently. Um, and, I, you know, I agree that, uh, you know, Charging people with crimes of thought is uh, is definitely a slippery slope. Uh, but but what it seems to be, I mean, kind of just like with the uh, the war on drugs, uh, the the authorities seem to be distracted as as far as what should be the real uh, approaches to dealing with things. That what do you are, think um, the real approach like should be? I want to find out what you think on that. Hang on, we're going to bring you back for more, and we'll talk to Gordon in Texas, Michael in Georgia. Your calls as well. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. If you want to help support the show, then join the AMP program. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is a simple one. You send three bucks a month. To the show, we take it, reinvest it into the program, and get on more radio stations across the country. So head on over to amp.freetalklive.com, learn about the perks you'll get access to, like the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are at amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go back to Christian in California, listening on KCAA. Christian, you had a point you wanted to make, and I wanted to make sure you had enough time to do it. So please uh, continue. All right, thanks. Um yeah, just uh, back to what you were talking about with the child porn and being able to prosecute people for uh, viewing and and possessing. It's uh, it, it's 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 just kind of really a backwards way of combating uh, what is obviously a heinous problem. I mean, it, it. I have to admit that I've been somewhat amazed for the past few months, maybe a year or two, how much I tend to see child porn uh, in the news. Uh, I mean, everywhere you turn, you're hearing about some house getting cracked open with child porn. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the thing is, is that if if you really want to be serious about protecting children from, you know, being brought into this, you know, just this vicious circle of, of being, then you, then you have to go after people in a, in a realistic way that are actually committing these acts of violence and, and sexual depravity. Um, but Which, by the way, I'd like to add that most of the inst- – I mean, I don't recall – I don't ever recall hearing a story about a pornographer, a child mm-hmm. pornographer getting busted. It's always just some guy looking at pictures on his computer. 
Exactly, and that, that's really, and it's funny you bring that up. I don't know that I would have thought to do that on my own, but uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, I don't know that I've ever heard of someone getting busted for producing uh, child porn. It has definitely always been uh, people who have been found in possession of it. But, uh, you know, to legislate against curiosity is uh, its just an amazing concept to me. I, yeah. I don't understand how anyone could ever think of doing it uh, the same way we slow down and look at traffic accidents. I think there are a uh, right good pe- amount of people with, with genuinely a good conscience who might be uh, on any given day tempted to click on something that they know is, uh, I, I mean, I don't know, you know, child porn, for instance. Uh, thankfully, I haven't been lured into that uh, myself, but I just can easily imagine that uh, otherwise great people have viewed something that is unbecoming and, uh, yeah, if we're going to prosecute people for viewing stuff, it's just the wrong way. I mean, if you really want to end child porn, then you got to go after the, the people who are producing it. How you do that, I don't know. I mean, I just, I'm not big on the industry uh, yeah. personally. But I'm with you, man. Uh, Th- thank you for your thoughts tonight, Nicole. Really appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Something else we haven't touched on when it comes to child porn is, um, you know, the, the sort of the definition of what is child porn. Oh, that's a good one. You know, they they like to grab you for... Uh, well, we know that pictures now, I mean, drawings now qualify. Right. Uh, the, well, they like, to, they like to grab people for looking at girl, uh, you know, having a picture of a girl that's 17 years old as though they know how old the girl is mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes they'll just say that girl looks young this is child porn yeah what Bam. if she's 19 but very petite you just i mean it's very difficult to say and as far as i'm concerned many 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 states you can have sex legally a woman can have sex legally a man can have sex legally at 16 years old 14 in canada but they can't take pictures of it and then if they produce their own child porn and then that that gets out you're in trouble for looking at pictures that they produced legally, I guess? If you produce your own child porn, if you're 16 years old and you take a picture of yourself having sex or naked, then you're both the victim and the criminal, apparently. Yeah. So <laughs> that's bizarre stuff. I mean, you know, it, 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 I think that it would everyone would agree that uh, the four-year-old uh, four would be child porn. But you know I don't what, think Mark? that everyone agrees where the line starts and finishes. I have to correct myself. Now that you've brought this up, I have to correct myself. We have heard stories of the pornographers getting busted. But every single time, it's, you know, a 15-year-old and a 16-year-old having sex, taking a picture or a video of themselves. That's true. Certainly not a professional child pornographer, someone who's out there cranking out, you know, batch after batch of videos or, uh, or photos. Never have I seen a story about that. Never. 1-800-259-9231. Let's talk to Gordon in Cameron, Texas, listening on KTAE. Hello, Gordon. How you doing, man? Hey, what's Good. on your mind? Uh, I was uh, listening earlier. Y'all were talking about the, um, in Georgia, what's his name? Uh, the, uh, the kind of, not a conservative or a Democrat, the other guy. The uh, libertarian? Oh, uh, you're talking about Neil Libertarian, Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out, I used to be a Democrat, but I never was a damn Republican. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm trying to figure out where I'm at now because everything's so screwed up and I'm freaking out. <laughs> I listen to y'all. I listen to y'all and I listen to Alex Jones, too. I really enjoy it. Uh, I just don't know what's going on. Maybe explain to me more about the Libertarians or Kenyan. Well, it's it's pretty simple. Uh, do you believe that products and services should be provided at the threat of violence? No. You're a libertarian. Okay, I'm a libertarian. Great. Yeah, uh, and if you want to learn more, do you have Internet access? 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, you can go to quiz.freetalklive.com, learn a little bit more there, or just go to freetalklive.com and uh, you know poke around our website, listen to more archives of the show, keep listening to Free Talk Live. It's a great way to kind of get an, an inside track on what's going on in the liberty movement and find out if you really are are on board with us. But if you don't if you don't agree with initiating force on your neighbors, then you are a libertarian. And really no, no, now it's just a matter of figuring yeah. out how that applies to the world around you, and that's kind of yep. a, a more a dedicated process. Good luck to you, sir, and thank you for the call tonight. Thanks. 800-259-9231. I love that question. The one question. Do you, uh, do you think products and services should be provided at the threat of violence? It's, it, it makes it real easy. So, well, and, and if you ask it, you know, most people are libertarians, I think. Let's continue with uh, the phone calls. Ampline, it is Michael in Georgia. Michael, who's normally in New Hampshire, he's on the Appalachian Trail. Are you there, sir? I sure am. But obviously within a... No. How are you charging your cell phone? You've been out there for days now. Well, at, at the moment, I'm in a hotel. Hostel campers. I, uh, had, I had some trouble with my foot, so I got off the trail for a little while. Oh, dear. Uh, nothing big. I just think I pulled a muscle or something, so yeah. I'm taking a day and resting. But, uh, yeah, on Declan McCullough, I just wanted to mention him real quick. Yeah. I hung out with him at the Liberty Forum, and he definitely is a libertarian. I think he also is a Free State Project member. I really? took him out to uh, Murphy's at the Liberty Forum, and, and we hung out for a while. I actually think he is a Free State Project member. What so, makes you think that? Did you ask him? I asked him. I, I think I remember him saying he was. It was. It, they were at Murphy's Tap Room. <laughs> but, yeah, it was. A, it was at Murphy's Tap Room, and and he was buying the drinks. So nice. <laughs> so well, between him and him buying the drinks and, and Keith Murphy opening the bar to Ron Paul supporters, it was uh, an interesting night. It's very cool. You're talking about a uh, a bar that's actually owned by a Free State Project member, where a number of Free Staters and other Liberty people go to hang out and uh, socialize and have a good time. But but give us some stories. I mean, what what has happened so far on the trail? Anything of note? Well, I uh, haven't seen any bears yet. Um, saw a few deer the last week. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly, it's it's up and down the mountains. It's uh, pretty rough and strenuous. I'm I'm starting to get into shape now, which is which is good. I Took in another notch on my belt. May have to. Wow. But yeah. How many days has it been now? It doesn't seem like it's been that long. It's been. I, I left uh, Springer Mountain, the, the southern terminus, on uh, March 11th. Okay. And I, I actually took a day and a half or two off last week when I when I called in last week and some guy answered the phone and said it was his show. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, to wait out some wet, some bad weather. Yeah. Uh, but I've made about 51 miles so far. Damn. Just another 2,100 to go. Whew. But uh, I'm starting to pick up the pace, and uh, I actually posted a new video this afternoon. And you're so, posting those at uh, your website, which is ioerror.us? That's it. All right. Very yeah, good. So, so people can experience the trail the without actually having to to, uh, to walk it and you know go through all the 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 trouble that will, uh, I mean, inevitably be, and I mean, you're already injuring yourself. I hope you can make it all the way through, man. That is a hell of a trip. Oh yeah. Well, mainly it was it was all the rocks. It, there's sections of the trail where it's just, it's it's not trail, it's rocks. You're crawling over rocks, yeah. jumping <laughs> over rocks, jumping between rocks. <laughs> Are there a lot of people out there? I mean, is is there a great deal of hiking traffic going one way and the other? 
Oh yeah, there's it, it's pretty crowded out here. It's uh, apparently spring break week, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of hikers that come up that that just do uh, they just hike for a week just to get away from school or whatever. Sure. So there's a lot of that out there. Um, they'll probably uh, they'll probably go away in the next week or two, and then uh, it's just day hikers, section hikers. There aren't a lot of uh, through hikers that are trying to do the whole thing. But I, I do meet a couple of them from time to time. That's because you got to be hardcore, man, and uh, apparently you are. So best of luck with the rest of your trip, and thank you for the update, Michael. Oh, yeah, no problem. Appreciate it, sir, and be safe out there. It's not an easy task because he's not just hiking. He's hiking with, you know, 100 pounds on his back. So the rocks plus 100 pounds, oh, that's a mess. More on the way. Hour three's coming up. You can take control. Just got to be careful. You'll make it through, hopefully. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, hour number three is what we're kicking off. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there, totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Earlier tonight, uh, for those of you just tuning in, we were talking about uh, government and safety. One of our emailers had question, you know, questions about, well, what if the government wasn't doing this? Wouldn't we all be in danger? And no. Without the government around, the marketplace would pick up the ball and do it better, protect us better because of competition. Because in many of the areas where government is supposedly our protector, like health inspections or the FDA or whatever it is that they're supposedly overseeing for all of our benefit, uh, many of those areas, they're the only agency doing it. And that's not because the marketplace is you know, determined that it's unnecessary. It's simply because the marketplace can't compete with the monopoly status of government. Right, because um, government funds the FDA by tax dollars and fees from the, uh, the, the pharmaceutical companies. The pharmaceutical companies and the taxpayers don't have a choice as to whether or not they participate in the FDA. Now, they can go, right. um, pharmaceutical companies can go uh, one step farther and get certified by a, an additional company, but they don't feel that there's a necessity in the marketplace because people essentially say, well, you know, it's certified by the FDA. That's, that's good fine enough. and dandy. Right, even though it's not. Even though anybody that looks closely can tell that the FDA is owned by the pharmaceutical companies. They they own the board of directors or whatever, they, the, the bureaucrats that are making the decisions over there. And it's totally not a good thing that it's just the FDA out there. But because in most people's minds, the FDA is that protector and they're doing a fine job in most people's minds. Well, it's because most com- people understand that most companies do not want to kill them and they do not want to give them sugar pills. Um, for vitamin companies, uh, you know, all those vitamin companies that are out there, they aren't regulated. They could be giving you sugar pills, and they don't. Why don't they? Well, because they realize that if people are going to figure it out, and they're not going to buy their products. Well, many or of those, many of those they vitamin... kill off their uh, customers, that they won't have any more customers. But many of those vitamin companies are certified by independent organizations. Absolutely because true. Because the FDA isn't involved. So well, that's what we were talking about before. And I said I had an example, a real life example of just how effective government inspections are. 
Maybe you've heard about the crane falling in New York City. I haven't, no. You've been paying attention to the news? Uh, Well, it happened, I think it was earlier this week. We'll get the details here from ABC News. But there's a bit of an interesting detail that's come out today about the New York City crane inspector. That's Mm -hmm. right. They have a bureaucrat whose job it is to go around to construction sites and inspect the cranes. He's been fired. He's going to be held criminally responsible. He's going to have to pay for the damages. The actually, government actually is going he to have has to pay? been arre- he has been arrested. Okay. Uh but but, but my point in, in talking about this is people look to the government and they say, "Yeah, the government's out there keeping us safe." Well, let's see what happened in this case. A New York City crane inspector's been arrested for allegedly falsifying paperwork to show that on the same day a caller complained of unsafe conditions at the Manhattan work site where a crane later collapsed and killed 7 people on East 51st Street. He claimed in his paperwork that he investigated after that call and found no evidence of unsafe conditions. The inspector, instead of actually going to the site, allegedly faked the paperwork to indicate that he did investigate the complaint, city officials said. He didn't even leave his office. He didn't go to investigate a crane that fell over? I mean, what what do you... No, 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 no. It was before the crane fell. okay. They had a report. Someone called in and said, hey, this is unsafe. You should take a look. All right, we'll take right. We'll get right on that, there, citizen. Thank you for your report. Then he just pulled up a form on his computer, tap, 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 printed it out, filled it out. Oh yeah, I went and checked it. Everything's fine. Well, after initially stating uh, that he had conducted an investigation or an inspection, rather, he admitted to investigators that he had not. Edward Marquette has been arrested and arraigned in Manhattan Criminal Court on felony charges of falsifying records and filing a false report. The $52,000 a year city employee faces up to four years in prison. Officials said it didn't appear that Marquette's failure to inspect the site played a role in the crane's collapse on March 15th because the steel sections being used to extend the crane when it collapsed had not yet been put in place. Nonetheless, they found it troubling. Crane inspectors are entrusted by the city with ensuring that the cranes are operated in a way that does not compromise the safety of construction workers or the public, said the commissioner who heads the city's Department of Investigations. This inspector allegedly betrayed that trust at the most fundamental level by not doing an inspection assigned to him and then making a false record indicating that he did. The first indications of Marquette's failure to investigate were raised in an interview with a retired contractor in the aftermath of the collapse. During the interview, the contractor showed the newspaper a copy of his March 4th complaint to the buildings department that the crane lacked required braces. He told the the Daily News that the buildings department blew him off after making a cursory check, he said, "I went higher as it went higher." Apparently, not even a cursory check. As it went higher and higher, I got more and more concerned because I didn't see any more braces installed. So he lodged a complaint. Crane does not appear to be braced onto the building. Read the report of his complaint. Uh, only tiebacks on five or six floor, but blah blah blah. So, so there was multiple stages to him reporting uh, <laughs> the problems with this crane. Two days later, the agency ruled that no violations were warranted. Crane is erected according to approved code. Read a note on the building's department website. Now that record appears to have been faked. City officials say Marquette admitted to the Department of Investigation he did not inspect the crane, although he claimed that he had and was suspended by the building department. Now, what you have to ask now, yourself... Oh, you said he was arrested. He's arrested also? Yes. Arrested and suspended. He is arrested and, and charged with filing a false report. Good, but... What does that do for... The seven dead people? Right, the people that are dead. Well, nothing. Nothing. Those family members are... I mean, maybe there's an insurance policy that's going to pay out to them, so 
I'm not sure how the, how they're going to be the handled. The insurance them. company, um, th- th- that's the, the, the building, the contractor had the insurance policy. Yes. The city doesn't take on an insurance policy to that's make sure correct. that its uh, that its building inspector is bonded. So my question here, Mark, is, is this the tip of the iceberg? They caught Mr. Marquette just slacking and not filling, you know, filling out a form, not even going to the site. I'm, I'm absolutely certain that most of these building inspectors can get away with this, so therefore, they do. Right. In many cases, inspections aren't really life-threatening situations. In many cases, you know, it could be if a If something possible- bad happens, it will happen decades down the line, and yeah. no one will ever be held responsible because no one will ever know that it was the building inspector that failed. Right, and in many cases, usually all these people do, if you talk to people in the restaurant industry, for instance, that's probably the most prolific, the most well-known version of a uh, some sort of government inspector that goes around. People think, they believe, uh, that the reason they're safe at the restaurants they eat at is because there's some health inspector checking on things. Ludicrous. Not true. Uh, the health inspectors very rarely come around, and when they do, from the people I've talked to, they usually just come in, uh, they kind of look up at the ceiling tiles a little bit, sit down, have a cup of coffee with the manager, and then leave. But in this case, uh, Mr. Marquette didn't even bother to go and give a cursory glance at the crane. They didn't even bother with it. So you really have to ask yourself, how often does this stuff happen? There's no way to know, because the only way they can tell is by the paperwork that get, get, gets filled out. There's no way to really check and verify. You don't think they've got, like, an internal inspector that goes around and checks on their inspectors, do you? You think they have that level of uh, intensity in these bureaucracies? And by the way, even if they did, who's to say that that internal guy is doing things on the up and up? These guys are collecting $50,000 a year. This guy in New York City, $52,000 a year to sit on his butt in an office and fill out some paperwork from time to time. Maybe occasionally actually go and be seen at a job site to make it look like he's doing something. But thats it's all an illusion. That's why I bring this up. It's an illusion to get you to believe that the government's out there doing something valuable for you, when in fact it's not that way. We used to work with a guy called Scott the Burnout. Yeah, right. <laughs> at uh, the radio station that we worked at down in Florida. Nice enough guy. I liked Scott the Burnout. Uh, but he was a bureaucrat at one point in his career. He kind of was a part-timer at the radio station. And full-time, he was a citrus inspection bureaucrat. So in Florida, there's all these citrus farms, and they have government inspectors that are keeping you safe from whatever diseases or bugs or whatever it is that's bad about but citrus. But not Scott. Right? Well, not Scott and not how many other of, of them. I right. mean, the, the more you look into this world of government inspections, the more you discover that there's not actually they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And if they are actually going out and doing it, they're doing a shoddy job. Free Talk Live is your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, they're totally free, including the bulletin board system, the live streams, the updates. Live streams, by the way, we've got broadband versions and dial-up versions of the show, both free for you at freetalklive.com. President Hillary Clinton, the North American Union unconstitutional gun and drug laws, a national ID card. What is your trigger point? If it happens, what will you do? The Free State Project knows that one size does not fit all. Participants choose what event will trigger their move to New Hampshire to join the fight for freedom. Check it out at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. 
800-259-9231, talking about the absolutely useless government inspection bureaucracies out there. I don't know about useless. I think that... Next the, to useless. The, the, there's, there's certainly more efficient options, and they don't use coercive force. Right, because whenever we see examples, we, we're, we're presented with example after example over the, the years we've been doing this show. We've seen plenty of, per, per, in our personal lives, we've seen examples. In the news, we've seen examples where these government inspectors drop the ball and drop the ball. Usually, they don't really get in that much trouble. And even if they do get in trouble, it doesn't matter because these seven people in the case of the crane crashing to the ground are still dead. So slapping the government people on the hand or even firing them or putting them in jail isn't going to fix that problem. No. Hiring another bureaucrat to fill his position isn't going to fix the problem. Inher- the problems inherent with bureaucracy. And uh, I was getting into a, a quick story. It's about Scott the Burnout, nice enough guy, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of these bureaucrats are nice people in their personal lives. It's just that they don't have the correct incentives in their job to, to actually work to keep people safe. Unlike, say, an insurance company that if they had known what was going on with that crane, then they probably would have pulled the policy from those, uh, from those Absolutely. guys. Absolutely. But I wonder how that works. I, I'm not in the construction field. I wonder how that works where... Does the insurance company just figure, well, the government's handling this, so therefore we're not liable since the government is doing the inspections? How well, does they that are liable. Work? Yeah, I guess they still are liable, but why wouldn't the insurance company send their own person around to inspect the crane? Couldn't tell you. I don't know. That I would like to know. Maybe it, I'm guessing government's involvement has something to do with it. Maybe they just figure, oh, the government's taking care of that and we don't have to worry about it. Who knows what they're thinking? But as another example, a real-life example of a government inspector that's supposedly out there keeping you safe. Citrus canker, I believe, is something that uh, Mm -hmm. can happen to citrus trees. It's kind of a nasty little, what, infection or black bacteria? I don't know. Couldn't tell you what it is. I'm no scientist. You know, it's it's just this stuff that shows up on uh, leaves and fruit. Right, and uh, you don't want bad. apparently you don't citrus want citrus canker's bad. Yeah, you don't want citrus canker. Of course, there are also bugs, various different insects that can ravage a uh, a crop of citrus down down there in Florida, where we uh, where we come from. And so they the government bureaucracies in their quest to protect the people have hired these citrus inspectors, and it's their job to go around to different citrus farms. And look at the trees. You know, they've got these little things they can hang up in the trees to catch the bugs to see if there are any flies. fruit flies around. Mediterranean fruit flies. Dear yeah. God, they're the scourge of citrus everywhere. Right. They've got things that they look for. They've got indicators that they look for on the trees to determine whether or not there's a problem. And mm-hmm. this is their job to go around and do this. Well, guess what Scott the Burnout did with his day? Well, he's a burnout. Well, he's a bureaucrat. <laughs> and this is what bureaucrats do. It's just that he chose to spend his day driving around smoking marijuana. Right. I mean, you know, th- I'm sure that there's some officious little uh, canker inspector that just, you know, he puts on his ball cap every morning, his uh, official canker inspector outfit, and uh, goes out and wants to bust into people's backyards and look at their citrus trees. And, you know, he's, he sees something that might be citrus canker, and he has their trees uh, burned down. But. The fact is, it really only, you know, it, it, it attracts two types of people to yeah. these kind of jobs. The little tyrant and the slacker. The slacker. Yep. Now, the average person could be attracted to this job, but they'll get turned into an officious tyrant or a slacker, depending on what their predilections are. Now, uh, oftentimes you can have the uh, officious tyrant slacker who likely won't do anything unless he's crossed, at which point he'll 
vengeance be bad, will yeah. be brought upon be you. bad to you. Yes. Uh, so, so I asked him, why is it you drive around? I mean, why don't you just smoke marijuana instead of driving around and smoking? And he told me that the requirement of his job is that he put uh, like 150 miles a day on the truck. Yeah, he's got to he's got to put a certain amount of mileage on the truck so that they know he's inspecting. Right. Of course, that's how that that's how they can verify that he's out doing his job is by the fact that he's been putting miles on his truck. So he drives around, listens to the radio, and gets high. Yeah. There's your inspection process. Right. And so how um, could citrus canker be inspected in the free market? Well, here's a here's an answer. Um, now, this obviously is a real problem because citrus canker is spread by backyard people with backyard trees who mm-hmm. don't have really any uh, compunction to check out their trees or do anything with them. They likely sure. just let the uh, oranges fall on the ground and run them over with the lawnmower yeah. because, eh, you know, it's just it's decoration on the lawn right. if they care about it at all. Um, it's easy to let those things go when you're a homeowner. I've had several citrus trees in my backyard. Never once, by the way, did a, uh, a government inspector ask to come on my property, and my gates were locked. Okay. So I know that they weren't there. Um, or at least they, did, they didn't go through the gate. They went over the fence. So the, um, how, would we, how would it be accomplished in the free market? Well, the insurance companies that uh, insure, say, big uh, citrus companies could send inspectors around with uh, a little enticement to get you to uh, let them come in their backyard. Here's a coupon from Applebee's for $10 off your next visit. Now, Applebee's likely would sell them the coupons at $5, and so therefore they're very cheap, or they could maybe, I don't know, $2.50. I don't know what they could get them at, but if you bought in bulk, I'm sure that they would uh, sell them to you. So, or, or here's a packet of coupons that we got from people, or whatever. Maybe they would just have to write you a check. Whatever. I don't know what the reason is, but they could get some kind of enticement to get in your backyard. Wouldn't you let somebody in your backyard to inspect citrus, citrus canker? But what if they found the canker? Well, then they're going to pay you for your tree. How can I infect my tree? <laughs> You know, I'm sure that they would, uh, you know, have a tree euthanasia project because you can believe that the insurance companies, um, the, the, the grovers out there would be enticed to have you not have a tree in your backyard. But if you have can probably give you a good tree. That tree's going to die. Yeah. And you can you can be sure of that. And the fruit that it's going to produce isn't going to be any good. That's right. why they have to get rid of this stuff. And you're only going to infect other people. So you're not going to have much motivation to keep the tree and they'll give you motivation to get rid of it. It's brilliant. It's a great idea, and that's just one idea. That's just your idea, Mark. I mean, who knows what the marketplace would come up with, all the innovations that could happen. The fact is, if we leave it to the marketplace, people will actually be protected. It's not to say there won't be mistakes made. Of course, mistakes will always happen. We're humans. We screw up. But the government system gives people incentives to screw off. The government system gives people the lack of incentive to do their jobs right. And so that's what needs to change. If you want to be safe and you want to be really protected, get the hell, the government the hell out of that industry. Let's go to your phone calls. You bring up anything. It's Brandon in Alaska. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Brandon. Hello, Brandon. Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm here. What's on your mind? Hey, it's an honor to speak to you guys. I've listened to you for a long time and never called, but uh, I just wanted to give you a report from the Alaska State uh, Republican convention that we attended 
over this last weekend. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Hold on. We'll bring you back for more of that. 800-259-9231. Not that I'm really excited to know about what happened at the Republican convention, but it must be worthwhile. He called in to tell us about it. Right. We'll find out. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up what you want. Toll free. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy them on us, including the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Are you looking for an intellectual challenge this summer? Join students from around the world at a free summer seminar sponsored by the Institute for Humane Studies. Hear lectures from top faculty and discuss the ideas of liberty and their current applications. Get more information at libertarianseminars.com. That's libertarianseminars.com. Uh, we go back to Brandon in Alaska. has a uh, story for us from, or a, I guess a recap of some of the interesting things that uh, you wanted to share from this some Republican convention in Alaska. Is that right, Brandon? Uh, yes, that's right. So we had the uh, the uh, Republican state convention over the weekend, okay. and uh, out of 380 delegates to the convention, 105 were what you would probably refer to as Ron Paul Republicans. So that's over uh, over 25 percent. Pretty good. Yeah, we had a good showing. Uh, the the great thing is that we went into the convention very well organized. Uh, we for the most part, knew each other. We'd been sending emails to each other for the, you know, uh, three or four weeks before the convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew what resolutions everybody was going to shoot for, what uh, uh, changes to the platform we wanted. And we also had a slate of, of our delegates that we wanted sent to uh, the national convention to, uh, to uh, nominate Ron Paul for president. Mm. And so... Uh, that was kind of cool. And if you've got a minute, I'd just like to share with you a few things that we did end up uh, running through uh, the convention and did get uh, uh, some resolutions and some changes to the platform that that, that we ended up uh, successfully uh, moving through the convention. Okay. Uh, one of them is that in, tri- in, in jury trials of criminal... Hello? Uh, yes, in jury trials... The defendant shall enjoy the right to argue the facts of the case and the merits of the law under which the charge has been made, which is, you know, jury nullification. That was... Uh, Brandon, you okay? Oh, well, that one was heavily contested, but we, we got that through. Another one was a, another one against the, uh, the Real ID Act, the Patriot Act, the Violent Radicalization and Homegrown Terrorism Act and, you know, a bunch of those other wacko acts that got run through after 9-11. So you're saying that, uh, that the Alaskan Republicans now officially oppose all that? Yes, absolutely, and it's in our platform, and any any Republican or, or any, uh, uh, oh, essentially anybody who runs for a government office as a Republican has to respect what we have in our platform. So I don't know if that means anything. I mean, if so, just because they respect it doesn't mean they have any it's, way of being held good. to it. 
it's good. Yeah, it's just it's a it's platform. It's, it's something. Yeah, it's it's what, yeah. what I think's interesting is that you were able to go in there with only a quarter of the uh, the, the participants and actually managed to, I guess, sway some people in your direction. I mean, did you find that uh, people were fairly receptive to what you were putting out there? Yeah. You, and uh, the key was to go in with a lot of respect, um, uh, have a lot of knowledge about what you were talking about. I mean, a lot of people don't know anything about uh, the, the homegrown national whatever act. Right. You know, but you go in there and you say, hey, this is why it's bad. It has this, this, and this in it. They listen to you and they say, wow, that is bad. Why the heck have we got that in there? And, uh, you know, they, they sway over to our side. The best thing about the convention is, is, uh, is at the beginning of the convention, our goal uh, was to get 14 Ron Paul delegates to the national convention. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's sort of a goofy thing in the Republican rules uh, for the state of Alaska that if a candidate drops out prior to the state convention, their delegates go to the remaining candidates. Well, what is the, de- is the definition of drops out? Our argument was that drops out means suspending your candidacy, which is the case of Romney and Huckabee, Correct. who had a great number of, of the delegates. Um, that didn't fly through. But our, our, uh, oh, the other people that went to the convention, the other delegates, the non-Ron Paul guys, respected our our uh, passion and our commitment so much that the last thing that was brought up at the convention was a resolution that the Alaska Republican Party supports allowing Ron Paul to speak at the national convention. And that was passed without any opposition whatsoever. Good for that. It's a resolution. It's not binding, but it's a message from the Alaska Republicans that, hey, at least let the guy talk. You guys probably have in Alaska, I mean, I, from what I understand, Alaska's got, just kind of generally has a more independent, libertarian mindset to it up there. That's just what I understand. I've never been there. Uh, but you, you probably have an easier time at doing some of these things. From what I've heard, a lot of these Ron Paul Republicans have been uh, encountering some very serious opposition when they've tried to go into different conventions around the country and go to different, you know, Republican meetings where, you know, the old guard basically does not like the fact that these newbies are coming in there, these young kids coming in and trying to stir things up and talking about freedom and liberty, and uh, they're very, very upset by this. Did you encounter any of that, any vitriol directed in your way? Uh, there was a little bit, but it was pretty isolated. I mean, uh, our goal, though, going in was, hey, show respect to other people and we'll get it in return. And I think that was successful for us. Well, the one for you. thing that I would recommend to other, other uh, to, to others around the nation is really brush up on your parliamentary procedures. Oh, if God, it's so boring. Yes, oh, know, if, you're, if you're interested in this crap, that's what you should do. You're absolutely right. And, hey, Brandon, thank you for the call, and good luck with your uh, try, you're trying to change the direction of the uh, the political parties. I don't think you're going to have any success. But, you know, if it seems like he's got a little early indicator of some possibility of maybe something happening there. You know, I think that it's uh, probably more effective as running candidates um, under the Republican ticket, and I think that there's a certain amount of that uh, getting involved in the party. I've been to the uh, Republican mar- Party's uh, meetings here in, in Keene, New Hampshire, and, and I think there's some, some value to it. It's Not hard a great enough. deal, you know, they... I respect and understand what the Republican Liberty Caucus guys are doing and the Ron Paul Republicans are doing. I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to take 
their party that they've probably grown up with and they've they've seen just sliding away from what it used to talk about and that was smaller government they've seen it sliding away from that and they're trying to wrest it back they're trying to take it back and uh having been involved in the libertarian party as much as i was i see how difficult it is to keep the libertarian party on message to keep the libertarian party on principle and it's easier i think to uh, to get involved in the party mechanisms in the libertarian party simply because it's smaller sure um and it's very difficult there so to to try to do it to the republican party seems even more daunting of a task i've given up completely on trying to save the libertarian party and i think it's just I think it's. I don't think you're gonna have any success, but maybe I'm just a pessimist. You know, it's politics. I'm pessimistic about it. I I hope you guys can prove me wrong. But at the same time, if you keep striking out, if you and, and he didn't sound like he was necessarily striking out on everything. But if you if you start to notice that you're striking out and you're you're expending all this energy, when you're when you finally burn out, please don't give up on liberty. Okay, just because you haven't been able to turn the Republican or Democrat or Libertarian parties around and get them to go in the direction of, of freedom and liberty, just because you failed at that doesn't mean that liberty is dead. It doesn't mean that all your options have been exhausted. It's just more evidence that politics isn't going to solve this problem, and trying to change the system from the inside is not the solution. So when you inevitably burn out, and people involved in politics inevitably will burn out, it's just the way things work. Just remember, there are liberty-loving activists who are Democrats, Republicans, Green Party people, non-party affiliated, you know, voluntarists, market-based activists, people that love liberty are here in New Hampshire. They're gathering together to make a stand for freedom. Some of them are still, you know, playing the political game. Many of them are doing market-based activism. And just because you get burned out on politics doesn't mean that's the only option. Consider the other options. They are out there, and the Free State Project is one of them. All right, 800-259-9231. But if you magically somehow managed to turn around one of these parties, I'll be the first person to applaud you. Give me some real concrete evidence of some significant change, and I'll be right there eating my uh, eating my shoe, okay? Uh, eating my words. Some crow, if you will. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. Probably enough time to sneak your call in here in the remaining moments of the show. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. If there's something you need to purchase... Go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and get it. Odds are good you're going to get the best deal. Go ahead, shop around. Uh, Nine times out of ten, Amazon's got it. And they've got it cheaper. And it's the brand that you're looking for, and it's delivered to your door, in many cases, with free shipping. So you really just can't beat it. Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Go through that link, and anything you buy, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Even used items. 41 categories to shop in. You know Amazon. They're the world's largest internet retailer. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Start your shopping there. We continue with your phone calls. Hollis in Missouri is on the line. Hello, Hollis. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? Oh, well, I found out something disturbing. Um, I had to... I uh, found out we have to re-register our cat with the... with Kansas City. You have to register a cat? No, he said re-register. Yeah, every every so often you have to register or something, get shots. Huh. 
Anyway, this so, uh, is a pretty old cat. Okay. The rabies shot would be detrimental and possibly fatal to the cat. Oh so my. we just decided, just, I don't, just, I don't know. There's always, the vet said it could be, it could hurt him. So. Sure. It, it, you know, you're introducing this foreign drug into the cat system. Of course it could hurt. Now, let me see killing. if I can understand this, the situation you're dealing with there. You've had the cat for a long time, right? It's an old family cat, basically. Yeah. And you, you, when you got the cat, did you get it from uh, like the pound? No, uh, we got it from uh, an individual. So, how did the government come to know you had the cat? Uh, well, we went to the vet, and the vet said we really ought to register it, so we registered it. And but the vet didn't require you to. No. Because I would imagine in some areas of the country, the vets are being, you know, they're having their arms twisted where governments mandate that they, if, you know, the animal is not registered, that they must register it. But if not, if it's not a requirement, then I would suggest the next cat you get, just don't bother. Why bother yeah. registering it? If well, you... it, the next cat, I mean, this cat's the cat that's important right now. But now, okay, here's my next question. So the government knows you have this cat at this point. It's on the files. It's on the books. At what point does the government how, how does the government get notified that the cat's dead? What if you told, you know, what if the cat dies? Do you have to inform the government of this? Does the vet inform them who registered the cat? Was it you or did the vet do it for you? Um actually it was my my mother, so um but So you just write yeah, on, I, here's what I would do. I'd write on the paperwork the cat's dead. Yeah, that's what we were going to do because I mean, it would just be bad for the cat and better for him to live out the remaining years of his life without that crap anyway. I agree. Yeah, good for you, man. And uh, let us know what happens. Any other thoughts tonight? Oh, nope. Thanks for the call and good luck. Appreciate it. This whole idea of registering animals, I just, I find disturbing. Why in the world does the government need to know if you have animals? Now, oh, do you really have to ask that question? Well, I know they love the, uh, they, they love just counting things and keeping track of things and charging you for things. Yeah. But, you know, the, this this rabies, uh, nobody wants their animal to have rabies. They don't need, <laughs> I mean, you, you don't need that. And the, my next question is, do they do they require you to register the chipmunks and the, uh, the, the raccoons and the skunks and those kind of things that are on your land? Because they're carrying around, they could carry around rabies too. Yeah, right? That's a great point. It's all about the money, Mark. You and I both know it's all about money. It's all about control. And inevitably, it starts being about the money. But remember, the hard and fast rule about government is that government bureaucracy, government programs, will always expand beyond their original intention. So the original intention here might have been to, you know, check rabies and, of course, cash in. But what we've seen happen is... Some busybody will get in charge of, you know, the government bureaucracy that we're talking about, the animal control or whatever, and decide, or the the city council will decide that uh, we in Kansas City or Missouri or wherever, fill in your town, we have decided that uh, pit bulls are so dangerous we're no longer going to allow people to have them in our city limits. Right, so everyone that's registered, they're... Pitbull or American Staffordshire Terrier or whatever, Guess what? you know, whatever that you want to call them, American Pitbull. Well, that's when they come around and they tell you, first off, you have you, you have 30 days to get rid of your dog mm-hmm. or we're going to put him down. Yep. You get a visit because you're on file. And this is sort of the history of registering things. You registered your guns in Nazi Germany. They came and took your guns. Now, that's what the people, the gun, defen- uh, gun rights advocates have been saying in this country for years. 
that being on the government's list of approved gun owners just means that when they're ready to take your guns, they know where you are, and they know who you are. So when they're ready to take your dog away from you, odds are good they're probably not going to ban Siamese cats anytime soon. But you see my point. There's no reason for this. If you care about your animals, you're going to have them taken care of in the way your veterinarian suggests. But if your veterinarian is suggesting you register your cat, I would disobey that one. Because that has nothing to do with health, it has nothing to do with safety, and everything to do with revenue collection for the government. Take that money you would have spent on registration and go buy your kitty some toys. Go buy one of those lasers. Those are fun. Yeah, the laser and the kitty well, chases it. He can't touch it. I, it I'm sure some cats uh, like those. Uh, Senor, cats are different. Yeah, right? Senor likes the, the the stuff he can grab and, and eat. Yeah, chew it. Um, yeah, yes. Yeah. And... Ravage our kitty does not really care for the laser that much, but he'll play with it for a little while, and it is funny to watch him try to grab it, but yep. he can't. Uh, anyway, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So let's continue with your calls. Josh in Nevada, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Josh. Hello, Mark. Hi, Ian. What's on your mind? What's going on? Okay, um, kind of a little off topic, but I was kind of curious about it. Is um, now it, I know you guys keep talking about you know how the Fed's tanking and you know there's federal is Federal Express. So my question is, is maybe one of the reasons is because with the whole North American Union they're trying to do with um, Canada, United States, and Mexico trying to make a uni- unified currency of the uh, Amero. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of curious, maybe that's why they want the dollar to tank, and it's that much easier to bring in a more stable currency, new currency. It's possible. It's more of a conspiratorial viewpoint. I don't know if they're intending the dollar to tank, because the dollar's they, they been tanking. They scrambling to, uh, to make it uh, stay afloat with the Fed and getting, you know, uh, there was uh, this week, I think it was a three-quarter point uh, increase or you know decrease in the uh, the lending uh, the, the the lending rate. The the history of the, you have to understand the history of the dollar since the gold and silver backing was removed in the early portion of the 20th century. The history has been tanking. Its value has been dropping consistently year after year. What you're looking at is its value in comparison with other fiat currencies around the world. And that's not quite an accurate uh, indicator of how valuable the dollar is. It's an indicator of how valuable it is in comparison to another fiat currency. But overall, in the time period the dollar's been in the marketplace, it's just consistently been going down. And there's no way they can stop that. So, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's conspiratorial and really, it's a non-issue because... That's the direction the dollar's going in, and, and if they do come up with the Amero, then that will be the perfect excuse. So you are right about that, that, oh, yeah, dollar's bad, yep. so here's a new piece of uh, fiat currency This one's you. got colors yeah. and, and stuff, and, uh, and it's worth ten times what a dollar is. And if you're visiting Canada and Mexico, you don't have to exchange things anymore. Hey, who wouldn't want that? It's so convenient. So you're right. They are going to bring in, if they bring in the Amero, they will certainly use the failing dollar to pass it off as a good idea. But are they planning to do that? Maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. It doesn't matter because there's not much we Who can knows? do about it, right? Thanks, Josh. I guess you're gone. Anyway, 800-259-9231. Enough time for DJ Blaze in Nevada. Jeff, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. Yeah, I just wanted to call up and uh, talk a little bit about Area 51. And oh, really? We've, I don't think anyone's ever talked about Area 51 on this show. We've yeah, covered well, a lot of topics over the years. Yeah, and uh, also Papoose Lake, uh, some call it Papoose Peak, and uh, I'll try to tell you what happened 
uh, at, a little bit earlier. But any well, why don't you pick Area 51 because we've got like less than a minute, Jeff. So what's on your mind tonight? Well, um, I don't think people realize you know what actually goes on out there. Um, you know, they got uh, different things happening. You know, they got the robot security cameras, really high security sensors all around. Really? And uh, uh, basically, um, you know, companies like uh, Betchel, E-Systems, TRW, Hughes, Lockheed, and probably the least known uh, was Edgar Tin and uh, German Schausen and, and Geiler. EGA. Well, you've dropped a lot of names that don't really mean much to me, but Jeff. They, they, they provided services to Area 51, the Air Force, the CIA. So what is really going on out there? You've got 20 seconds to tell me. Well, you can do a Google search and type in Renegade Movement. <laughs> and, and click on the part one, and at the very top you'll see Area 51 and UFOs. And nice way to about. plug your website. You need to start buying ads. That's the last time you get to plug your website. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime. It has been Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.